0: Hey there, Danny with Right Foot Down. I messed up this ad read so many times because I really want to tell you about Track Monkey Apparel. They make great quality, enthusiast shirts along with hats, stickers, watches, patches, you name it. A couple of my personal favorites are their Life is Better at the Track tee and their One Track Mind tee. You should really check them out and see for yourself. Their products are great for you or the gearhead in your life. Visit trackmonkeyapparel.com. You're listening to the Untitled Car Show in partnership with RightFootDown.com. Visit RightFootDown for your daily automotive fix. If you enjoyed today's program, please tell a friend. It's the best way to support this show. If you want to visit the archives, go to YouTube and search for Untitled Car Show. That'll bring you to the archived episodes. If you want to follow this show, just search for Untitled Car Show on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can always send an email to the show at Untitled Car Show at rightfootdown.com. We're so glad you decided to spend the next hour or so with us. Without further ado, let's get into today's program. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ike. Today we have Will Clavey. He is a Good friend of the show now, I would say, and he has graced us with his presence yet again. Will, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great, Ike. I'm super happy to be here again. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh no problem. Thank thank you for coming back. Um, you know, we have a uh, select few we invite back. You know, after uh, they come on the show, the people we really like, and I count <laughs> you, I count you amongst them. Um, or the people you, thank who. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So. Um, You've basically so last time we talked, you started working with Jalopnik kind of on the edge, like. Right. And now it seems like you've been putting out more and more uh, articles and content with them uh, more consistently. So, uh, how's it been working over there with uh, folks at Jalopnik?
1: Oh man, like it's been it's been great. It's been fabulous. I'm, um, I'm I consider myself to be blessed. To have this uh, great opportunity to write on that on that website, um, and yeah, I've got I've got like really really exciting news to share with everyone uh, on the show. Um, there's a reason why you're seeing more of my work on Jalopnik actually, and you're gonna be seeing a lot more of it coming up. Um, I've actually made a very ballsy move where I've I've quit my day job, man. Wow. Uh Yeah, so I've, I I did it, man. I just fucking quit my day job, and I'm doing this full time now. So it's. Uh, it, it it hasn't been a very a very long i mean it's, it's, it's this, this is official since about two weeks two three weeks um you know patrick george has been informed of that as well uh it's been a lot of thinking you know i, I knew the day would come and yeah I'm, I'm just giving it a try man i mean it, this, is, this is a job that i really love doing so we'll see where it leads me
0: yeah no it's it's great to hear you know i'm glad that you're able to do that i'm glad that the uh uh, conversion rate is in your favor as well, like we talked about last time. So that's exciting. So um, does that mean we'll be seeing more of you each and every day? Or what does that mean, you know, now that you no longer have the day gonna game? Seeing,
1: Yeah, so you're going to see more of my work on Jalopnik. I'm also, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of stories actually in the backboard burner as we speak right now. Um, you know, because as you probably uh, have, have seen uh, through Twitter and social media, Patrick George has moved from Austin, Texas, to, um, to uh, New York City. So it's been, Um, It's been very hard for him, you know, for all the editing, and you know he's he's been kind of like on and off, um, fully uh, installed. And the same thing with Andrew Collins has been also very busy with all of his stuff with the Baja Five Hundred. So uh, you know the editing kind of like there's there's a few stories that kind of like went on the back burner, but you'll be seeing some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, Notably, something on the Canadian Grand Prix, which is this weekend, um, the uh, Formula One Canadian Grand Prix here in Montreal. By the time this show goes live. Um, of course, the race will be over, but I'm preparing something pretty special about the Grand Prix, something uh, different. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm taking it from that that you'll be at the actual Grand Prix this weekend.
1: Well, I'm I'm actually not going to be in Montreal. I'm uh, unfortunately I'm going uh, to be in I'm going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, for a General Motors event. Um, but I, I, I go to the Grand Prix pretty much every year. I'm actually going to be there on Friday, which is the uh, uh, the, the practice session, which I personally love. I prefer the practice session. Um, it, it's it, there's less people. It's you know they're just having fun on the track. Um, I I personally like F1. I don't follow it religiously, like you know every every single weekend. Uh, you know I try to stay informed a bit, but you know just being there in the action, meeting some cool people, checking out the cars, maybe meeting some race car drivers. It's just a cool event. So, yeah, I'm going
0: to be there on Friday. Mm. It's it's funny. I've, I've started doing um, Fantasy F1 this year against the uh, Team Clearcoat guys and a few of uh, – I, I assume they're all their fans. Maybe there's a little bit of crossover there. But it's uh, fun to, uh, you know, do it. I, it's made it a little bit more I, – I still can't sit down and watch a race live just because – um, they're on super early most weeks, and that's just crazy to me to uh, get up that early to try and go out and uh, you know watch it. But um, I don't know. It's fun, and I'm looking forward to the Canadian Grand Prix because it's going to be the first one that's really going to be live at a time where I can actually sit down and watch it. So Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and it's, it's actually a very important Grand Prix this year. I don't know if you're aware, but it's the 50th anniversary of the Montreal Grand Prix. Um, Actually, we're we're going through a a lot of celebrations here in in Montreal because it's not only the 50th Grand Prix, it's the 370th birthday of the city of Montreal and um, also the 150th uh, anniversary of the Canadian Constitution this year. So we have three big, uh, you know, I call it a big three-way birthday bash, which I'm going to reference to in my article coming out uh, on Jalopnik soon. Um, This is really exciting. We have a really cool Grand Prix coming up. Um, and, and Montreal is I mean I'm not saying this because I'm from, I'm from here everybody says it uh, no, no place embraces the Grand Prix as much as Montreal this, this city starting tomorrow is going to be one hell of a fucking party all the way to Sunday and we're all going down on Crescent Street in Montreal I got some buddies coming up uh, uh, to Montreal and you know I'm driving this week at Lincoln Continental man we're going to go like just balling on Crescent with the brand new Continental I just love that car what an awesome car with some bros to just go hang out a Grand Prix weekend in Montreal and check out some some supercars. There's supercars everywhere in Montreal right now, so it's it's a really exciting. It's really awesome. Just, just if you're into cars and you like partying, it's the place to be right now.
0: Well, it's it's funny you say that because I'm I'm sitting there and was going you know I, I want a good uh, time to go up and visit Canada because I've never been and it's on the you know, I want to go visit Toronto, I want to go visit Montreal, and it's like, you know, maybe next year for the Grand Prix might be the good time, just because it's it's a nice time of year. I mean, the weather there just has to be about as perfect as it gets in Canada, you know, yeah, all year round, it's, it's, so.
1: Got, yeah, it's, 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 there you go, and uh, we, we had some really shitty rain uh, lately, but now it's clearing up, and yeah, it's warm here. I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't know how to convert it in, in Fahrenheit, but we're doing like uh, 25 to 30 degrees Celsius, which is, you know, I'm you can get a T-shirt and a pair of shorts. So, yeah, this is about the warmest we can get in Canada. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's also an enjoyable Grand Prix because you're by, you know, it's on a man-made island. You're by the water. Uh, you know, you get you get the breeze from the St. Lawrence River. Uh, it, so there's a lot of historical significance around the whole Grand Prix. That's Louis-Gilles Villeneuve, Gilles Villeneuve himself. And, you know, Montreal has that vibe going on. So, yeah, definitely, if you want to come visit, this is the time.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it very briefly, but it's, you know, just kind of getting back to the big announcement, you're working full-time with Jalopnik, so... Yeah,
1: for sure. Well, I'm not, I'm not working full-time with Jalopnik. I am doing automotive journalism full-time. I'm still a contributor at Jalopnik, which means I'm still officially a freelancer. Uh, but Patrick, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. I think you had a question
0: about that. No, I was going to say, like, you know, I, I meant to say full-time auto-journalism. You're working with Jalopnik. You're doing your own thing are are you still I mean how much of a badass like can you put into the (laughs) pictures now when you get out of these cars I mean you got a lot more time to practice like how are you going to get out of these cars is that basically like eighty percent of your time now or is that just like ninety percent of your time like
1: (laughs) the exiting cars is uh, on a regular basis actually so uh, that's not a problem that was that that, that's just a natural thing Um, but uh, to, to answer your question about the whole time thing it's that's actually the reason why I had to quit my day job because I came to a point in my life where I had I had to make a decision because I was fearing for my personal health I was exhausted I was um, I was I was like working like 60 70 hours a week on a regular basis with no vacation um, and I was at a point now where I was camouflaging camouflaging this whole life at my day job and I was working on my actual automotive journalism work at my day job. <laughs> and, and that's just because I was just doing so much of it. And it came to a point where it was taking too much, too much of my time. And there was a kind of like a trigger moment where I asked for vacation, I basically went to see my boss and I said, I need to take some vacation. I went to Florida actually last week. And I'll be, I'll be happy to share my experience about Florida a bit later as a <laughs> Canadian citizen. Um, but and they refused my vacation. They actually refused it on the, pre- on the pretext that I had taken too many days off in the past for going to events, and it was like, you're taking too many days off, you can't give me this vacation. So this is when I realized, I sat down and I, I, I thought, you know, I told myself, well, this is this is the moment that you knew what happened. You knew you would come to this. You need vacation. The day job is closing in on you. Now they know about your project. They're going to keep fucking, like, talking to you about it and they're gonna keep checking you out you can't hide this anymore so i basically told them that if i wasn't going on vacation i would want to burn out and i think i scared them when i told them that um you know i just laid down the cards and i have a lot of respect for that place they've been great to me i laid the cards out on the table and i just i was honest about it this is what i do this is my other life here's yeah. what i do on Ladies' corner here's jalopnik this is uh you know i i, I got two press cards a week to go pick up on monday mornings this is why I'm not here in the office on the, after after one when you want me to be here. So they kind of, like, realized what was going on. They like, they're like they like, oh, shit, okay, this is, this is big. And they actually gave me a great opportunity where they gave me a great package. They basically gave me a severance package, which is pretty much what I needed. Um, I, I'm in a time in my life where the timing is actually perfect, where I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have any kids. I don't have a mortgage. Uh, I got money in the bank. I don't have any debt. So I figure, yeah, man, I'm fucking doing this. I'm going all out because this is my dream. So, I have to try it at least, right?
0: You know, and it's it, it's impressive because you know what you want, you're in the place to get it. The and this is you know when I have all the guests on who talk about how they got started in the business or how they became, you know, who they are now. There's always that moment where it's like you just have to sever. Like you have the, almost everyone has the same story of like a hidden life in the journalism field. Like a hidden life of like an automotive enthusiast slash journalist. And then, you know, it blossoms into something and it just becomes, well, I have to leave one part of my life behind to go take part of another. And, you know, you got such a great opportunity because, like you said, no wife, no kids. And you're already in this position where, you know, I... You know, I, now I just expect even bigger and better things out of you. So you you've you set the bar too high for. There you, you go. Yeah. There you go.
1: <laughs> that was the goal, actually. Like, it was uh, because I knew that having more time, I would be able to chase more stories. And I had a conversation with Patrick George about this before uh, deciding this. I, I called a lot of people around me. Patrick was was, was a key uh, key player in this, and he backed me up superbly well. I really, uh, by the way, and I have a lot of respect for Patrick George. And how he's helped me so much in this adventure um, and the reason why I'm specifying that I'm still a contributor is simply uh, you know the, the, this whole you know it, it's all about budget of course and like, even Jaloplin which is huge has a budget to respect and, and you know I'm not American I mean you know, they have their people in New York they have their staff but I think that I think that Patrick is satisfied I hope and I'm, I'm guessing he's satisfied with like what, what I do and he accepted to give me a bit more a bit more bandwidth and has given me more, you know, more leeway to chase the stories I want to chase. And there's a lot of really cool stuff coming out. Expect to see more not new reviews. Um, I've, I've noticed that I really, really like doing not new reviews and doing them has an exponential effect. Like, I don't know if you saw recently, I just released the Integra Type R on Jalopnik. Yeah.
0: And I yeah. saw it, but i it's in my like little read list because it came out like two days ago, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so the Integrity Type R and there was the, the Volkswagen Corrado before it. As much as I love doing brand new press cars, that's still really fun to do. There, there seems to be like an increase in popularity and all the vintage stuff and all the older stuff and all the cars that we grew up with in the 80s and 90s. And they're really picking up well on the site. Uh, readers are really enjoying it. So I got this, these cool opportunities. I'm going to be driving a Lancer Evo next week, Evo 8. Um, and I'm I'm actually going to drive to Toronto later on this month to try a Renault Clio. Renault Ooh. Clio V6. That's fucking awesome, man. I never, I mean, I can't even believe that somebody in Canada found a way to import that car. I don't even know how the hell that person managed to do it. But he's got a whole bunch of cool cars over there. He has an Escort Cosworth and uh so yeah he's like this is just a jalopnik reader that saw the article and he emailed me and it's like wow this is like this is this is more work for me so great <laughs> i mean <laughs> so i just the kind of stories you know i pitched that stuff to patrick and uh thankfully we seem to have very similar taste in cars so for sure he's really uh, he's really psyched about the Renault Clio. so that's another example of the kind of stories we're going to be having uh, in the short term on Jalopnik.
0: Well, the, the Renault Clio uh, V6, if memory serves right, just for everyone listening, is a rear mid-engined small hot hatchback, right?
1: That's right, that's right. It's a fucking cool hatchback, man. It's, <laughs> it's a mid engine v V6-powered rear wheel. I mean, that thing must, like, I mean, it must be awful to drive. I'm pretty sure that it must have, like, terrible liftoff and It must be, like, one dangerous son of a bitch, but, oh, man, it is so cool. It's one of those cool, weird French cars that
0: you just want to drive. Yeah, As you say, it, it is so quintessentially French, and like their like laissez-faire attitude towards life of like, eh, put the engine back there, give it a ton of horsepower.
1: There you go.
0: He's <laughs> good. That's a terrible French accent, but like, eh, life. What is it without lift-off oversteer? Right, like that. So I don't know what accent that just was. Uh, and you being in the French-Canadian part of Canada is probably like, well, what are you doing, Ike? Uh, that
1: sounded more like West uh, West Montreal semi-Italian accent, but yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. I-
0: everything tends to come out of Italian out of me for some reason. So um, no, I've, I'm excited to hear that. And that's kind of one of the benefits of you being a Canadian. You can go to these. Because your import rules a little bit better than ours. I think it's 20 years, not 25 years. Um, it's actually 15 years in the, Canada. Fifteen years, yeah. So you, you got a good lead on us in terms of, like, the cool, fun stuff you can get. yeah, so, right. Yeah. So I'm excited to see. And there's a lot of, um, you know, I would say there's a eccentric type of person that probably exists in French Canada that doesn't exist here in the United States. Um, I just imagine that for some reason, like the car nuts in your neck of the woods, do you, do you find them to be, because you've been down here to the States a few times now, and seen yeah. kind of our car culture. Like what is, like, is there a big difference between the French Canadian part and the American part? Or oh, yeah, is just the regular uh, Canadian part?
1: Well, Quebec, Quebec is, uh, right off the bat, Quebec is very different than the rest of Canada in the sense that they buy, Quebecers buy a lot of small cars. Small cars, small Japanese and Korean cars are very popular here. Um, and i was actually uh, impressed when i went to new york for the auto show and florida on my vacation you guys buy a shitload of big ass suvs but like i'm impressed at how many yukons and cadillac escalades are driving around in florida man i mean we don't buy that shit here i mean you you see that shit here it's either a drug dealer or like a boss of like a, a like a like a supermarket or something and but i mean I mean, people buy, like, a lot of Hondas here, a lot of Toyotas, a lot of Japanese cars, because they're they're very reliable cars, number one. Um, we have our our, our our climate, which, I mean, for the longest time, I'm sorry, but American cars were shit in our climate. But also, um, you know, the, the gas is fairly more expensive up here. And Quebec, Quebec in particular has that European, a lot more than the rest of Canada, has that European kind of French influence, where they have this adoration with smaller cars, city cars. The Fiat 500 here is extremely popular, and you know we're we're a province that you know we make our own wine, we make our own cheese, we do a lot of stuff that mimics France, and so that these these little cars with manual transmissions are very popular. And yeah, go ahead. Sorry,
0: I was just say so. Like when you approach, like, did, did they do cars and coffees events, or is it like, oh. uh, you know, cheese and carbs or something like that? You know? <laughs>
1: no, no, no. It's still cars and coffee. That's uh, we still. We still have those. But, yeah, at Cars and Coffees events, I mean, the enthusiasts, it's, it's very similar. I mean, you still have the common, you know, people who like American cars. The thing is, at Quebec, the baby boom generation, it's the same thing as in, in the States. They're still hanging on to all the American muscle cars. That's still that's awesome. I mean, I have a lot of respect for American muscle cars. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of Japanese cars, especially in Montreal, because we have the JDM shops. Because of the port of Montreal, a lot of parts from Japan arrive uh, in Montreal in containers, uh, we have, like, I think, three or four JDM shops in Montreal where they're like gigantic warehouses where you go in there and you just you can buy the entire front end to a Civic Type R, or you can buy like a, um, I don't know, like a, the engine for, for an R32 skyline. And for a short time in Quebec, we actually had a lot of right-hand drive JDM cars here uh, because of the 15-year rule. Um, so we had we had a wave of those cars come in uh skyline supras rx7s all the cool stuff from the 90s but then the saaq the uh, the quebec um, takes care of registering vehicles uh here in quebec they banned those cars because they were deemed too dangerous because they were right hand drive so so now during that short time when they were sold they're still allowed to be on the road so the ones that were sold are still legal because they were sold they were inspected they were they were plated but We're not allowed to import the cars anymore. So what those JDM shops did, it's actually pretty smart. Instead of importing cars, they're importing parts of cars. So Mm. so let's say you have, for example, like a regular Integra GSR, you want to convert it to an Integra Type R. They'll have the entire front end to a Type R, the engine, everything, the engine mounts, suspension. You can build your own Type R out of parts that come from an actual one in Japan.
0: Mm. I'm surprised because... Like, you know i just I always assume you know Canada is just kind of smarter than us Americans when it comes to a lot of stuff, but that that seems silly to just outright ban right hand drive cars like shame well, uh, well
1: Quebec, Quebec is very strict on a lot of weird shit uh our road regulations are very odd and you know but we've got a lot of i mean there's a lot of racing going on in Quebec we have a lot of uh of facilities we have the Circuit to be done so having the formula one you know a, you know tracks a lot of people. We have Secu Mont Blanc, um, and we've got these old racetracks that are rotting away in cornfields, like the one I use for my reviews, which is San Air. It has so much history. I mean, there was there was like a lot of top fuel drag racing that was done in the past until they put lead in the gas and it ruined the sport. Um, they had some some weird regulations with the border and all that, importing lead gasoline from the U S. from the U S. Hmm. But saying that Canada is smarter than the u s is totally right, not I'm saying I'm, I''m just kidding <laughs> no but I, I really like I, I really like my experience uh, when I was in the states uh, last week uh, you know I, I find Americans are very friendly people and
0: yeah. you you're, you're not going to the right parts of the states then so uh <laughs> so, so where where did you come visit in Florida i mean you, you chose to come at like probably the worst time to go to Florida because it's probably hot and super muggy down there the entire time. Yeah, it was, but
1: um, no, it was great. It was actually a good opportunity because uh, uh, one of my buddies is in, Can- in the Canadian Army, and um, the Canadian uh, military gets some training sometimes in the U.S. He was down in Florida, uh, stationed at a base for for some training. But the the Canadian government is paying him a beautiful condo by the beach in Destin. I was in Destin, Florida, on the northern side of Florida, not too far from Alabama, actually, and. It was great. I mean, I mean, my taxes are buying him his fucking condo. I deserve to go. I deserve <laughs> to go see that condo man over there. So it was great because I had a free condo and free food. It was all paid by, by the military. And so I just did some, oh no, did the border life man. Just mm-hmm. Going to Walmart at one in the morning and buying a bottle of wine for me is is totally uh, unreal. <laughs> we can't do that in Canada. We can't do that shit. Twenty um, four hour WalMarts do not exist in Canada. Um, they're, very intriguing places to visit when you're not American.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you want to get to know the real America, I think. Oh yeah. Because, like, the Florida Panhandle, which is where it sounds like you were at, close to Alabama, that's like um, probably the most rednecky part of America. Like, and that's,
1: and that's perfect. I wanted to live it. I wanted to live <laughs> redneck America. I wanted to see what that was. I was fascinated by that. And I was not disappointed, Ike. It was amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when you went into the Walmart at 1 a.m., um, I had an experience when I was in a southern Walmart at a late hour where there was probably like 100 people in the store, and I had more teeth than everyone combined. Did you have a similar experience in there?
1: Oh, well, yeah. When I arrived, there was an alcoholic in the entrance yelling on a, in a wheelchair, um, so that was my first uh, contact with Walmart in Florida at one in the morning. Um, I saw, I saw some people, I, I saw a family at around midnight. Yeah. It was about midnight. An entire family with a child making, doing their groceries like at midnight with a <laughs> child. I was like, what the fuck is this, man? <laughs> this is weird.
0: <laughs> that is, yeah. W- welcome to America. Like that yeah, should, uh, that should be on the picture of the border crossing right there. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's not so, so. <laughs> but it was it
1: was all i mean it was great i mean what else i went i went to alabama i actually went to mobile and i went to visit the uss alabama which is the big, big warship that was that was great that's that's impressive i mean I, again i wanted to i wanted to touch and taste america all the way to its military and that was that was a really really a, a interesting exhibition um and going to Alabama was cool, also. I mean, it's funny because we're at the hotel, and it was it was raining that night, and Forrest Gump was playing on TV. I hadn't seen Forrest Gump forever, and we're just, you know, having a kick out of the whole Alabama accent and all. And my buddy's like, "Hey, you want to go to Alabama tomorrow? There's a really cool military base over there with a, with like a big ship, and you know, a couple of they even have the Blackbird over there and a the hangar." I'm like, yeah, man, let's just drive to Alabama, and you know, I lived the Alabama life, and for a short time, and it was great. I liked it. People were fun; they were friendly they were they were enjoyable to talk to you I and mean, it was very rednecky but it was great
0: <laughs> so, so you didn't find like uh anyone asking a whole bunch of questions about you being french and canadian or anything like that
1: well we often get the where are y'all from you know question obviously they didn't understand what our accents were um but you know it's that yeah, we're from canada and yeah it's like i mean except for you, you see like a dead look in their eye because they, they seem to think that canada is like another state um but it, it's, it's what impresses me every time as a canadian and once again i mean I, I'm, I'm painting american dolls i work for an american outlet i'm speaking right now on an american show i have a lot of a lot of respect for, for your nation and i think we're that's what makes canada and, and, and the u.s great neighbors but it also allows us to make a bit of fun of you guys just like you guys make fun of us right
0: yeah
1: and i'm i'm, I'm, I'm always impressed at how when i go to america how America doesn't seem to want to care about anything outside its country. And even even being Canadian, you know, it's like, oh, you're you're Canadian, it's great. You know, they seem to think I'm part of them, which I mean, as a Canadian, it feels great because I don't feel threatened, I don't feel like a terrorist, I don't feel like I'm hated, I don't feel like I don't feel like they're going to somebody attack me. I feel that, you know, I am welcome. But it's odd because every time I'm in the States, I feel like Americans think I'm American, yeah. which is it's a weird perception.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that—that's that, basically your you're, you're America's hat. That, that's that's how that comes down to, right? Yeah. Right.
1: I, I guess I guess that's a good way to see it. As long as, as, long as I don't get shot, it's fine.
0: <laughs> which is very <laughs> possible in Alabama if you say the wrong thing. Yeah, like if you were, were in Alabama and said, "Well, well, like we're Canada," so you're like, you know, Canada's pants down here in America. Like that just might be enough to like set people off. So
1: yeah, uh, gotta watch out. What do you say?
0: But <laughs> well, that's awesome. So you were there for a whole week. So what is the most redneck thing you experienced while you were down here in the states?
1: Oh, the most redneck thing. Oh, holy shit! There was, there was quite a lot of few weird things that I saw. Um, well, I'm fascinated about how many how many overweight people i saw that was a bit sad but, oh yeah you
0: were uh, in, you were in the diabetes mecca of the united states um did you have it, any sweet tea because that's what causes it
1: oh th- yeah well I, I heard about sweet tea well i did not have it i by the way i was extremely disappointed with the coffee everywhere i went Yeah, welcome um, to
0: america so- yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um the, the food uh, i mean i mean Food was another the thing is that's another thing about Canada that Americans probably don't know. We have food standards, we have laws because of our health care, we have laws that protect our food in restaurants, we and grocery stores. There's food that we're not allowed to have and portions we're not allowed to have because they're deemed unhealthy for us. Um, for example, supersized format at McDonald's were banned in Canada because they were deemed unhealthy for us. Um, so going to America as a Canadian, you expect to have that safety net. Until you realize that it's not there, you can go to a restaurant and eat whole shit, and you can be sick, and you know you need to call a lawyer. I mean, that's also something else that that amazes me as a Canadian is that in America you need a fucking lawyer uh, for everything. You break your arm, you need a lawyer. Yeah. So that was that was impressive as well. Like especially in Florida, um, where you feel that okay, like I have to watch out like when I cross the street because it could be some maniac who just drives over me. doesn't give a shit and drives off. Uh, so, but the most red, the most redneck thing I saw, oh my God, what did I see? I saw some cool shit though in Florida. It was a great experience. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Did, did you
0: see truck nuts?
1: Truck nuts? I did not see truck nuts. I saw a lot of big ass trucks. I was like, like a lot of rolling coal. Yeah, that was, that, I, I don't like that kind of shit, but, uh, mm. today's very, very redneck.
0: Well, while well, you kind of sit there and think about that, so um, you're talking about portion size. You were in the South. You were kind of like experiencing the redneck part of America. So, did you have any of the typical Southern dishes like, um, you know, chicken fried steak or uh, chicken and waffles or like anything um, like that?
1: I had. Well, I was kind of. My buddy has been there for a few months, and he was like, like protecting me. He's Like, okay. We're going to find, like, the good spots to eat because this place is – he was really funny because as a Canadian soldier down in Florida, he has been there for about three, four months, and he just wants to get the fuck out. And I'm arriving. I'm all like, hey, I'm on vacation, man. I'm going to Florida. It's going to be cool. He's like, no, man. This place isn't cool at all. And he's warning me about all, like, everything. Like, don't be careful when you drive the car on that boulevard. People drive like shit, okay? Um, And we wanted to go find a restaurant for breakfast. I mean, and – that, that was apparently the only place that was good was the donut hole. I don't know if you've heard about it. Apparently, it was like the place to eat. Um, and you couldn't go to the donut hole because there was like a huge lineup. So we went to just your average breakfast place. And oh my God, I, it was so disgusting. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I have never seen such, I mean, greasy, I mean, there's so much fat everywhere. I mean, that that's what really impresses me about everywhere I went at every single restaurant in America was that, Everything is fat, everything well not not in New York, it wasn't the case in New York, but in Florida, everything is dripping with fat. Um, and, I, and for the first time in my life I asked for sausages and the waiter brings me these brown, like flattened galettes. They looked like they looked like literally, literally pieces of turd that were run over by a car. When I saw that arrive in front of me, I'm like, What the fuck is this? I asked for sausages. These are not sausages, man. <laughs> and that's what i that's when I, I started thinking they don't have those laws here to protect my health mm. i mean I, I i could fucking die here yeah.
0: <laughs> so you know it's um that part of america is uh is america not america and yeah. it's uh <laughs> like you know to use a colloquialism they use bless their hearts but uh there there's a reason why uh You know, the population center moved away from there. Did you have any gator while you were there?
1: Well, there you go. The redneck thing. I actually, I didn't have gator, but I actually went to see the alligators on a fan boat with a fucking redneck tour guide. And that was awesome. That was fucking cool, man. He had this thick southern accent. Um, It was a lot of fun. It really was great. Like, just riding in that swamp and, like, extreme humidity and, like, just the Florida sun just burning my my poor white Canadian skin. And here we're, like, in, in, like... And then the Florida, Florida, like, Everglades. outdoors and yeah. looking for an alligator, right? And that, that was cool. It was really cool to have that that's, that tour guide yelling at us from the back with his deep, like, West Florida accent. So, yeah, that was awesome.
0: Uh, I'm curious. Can, uh, can you do his accent at all?
1: Well, there's, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> was, it was all, where are where you, you all from? <laughs> Canada. Oh, you're from Canada. I don't know. I, I don't know how to do it. Maybe I don't have it well, but it's. I'm going to go see
0: some alligators, and I'm going to go drive down the swamp, going to make a hard turn to left, and I don't know. It's really hilarious. Uh, you you just sound vaguely American when you do the redneck accent. <laughs> right? So th- 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 I, can't, th- I can't do it. I'm yeah, the French originally. So. Yeah. Yeah, dang, oh, you don't know, go, go, get up in Canada. Wee, wee, dang, oh, shoot, yeah. Like, that. that's my what I'm picturing yeah. in my head. Um, yeah, it was, well, yeah, mostly like that. Yeah. Th- did you run into anyone who speaks uh, – basically not English English when you were down there where you were having a hard time never Uh, never.
1: well I've had yeah sometimes people would speak to me like a weird like slang southern accent and it was like uh, I'm sorry excuse me being being Canadian I had to say sorry three times
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah so what did you have what were you driving around while you were down here with us
1: Oh, I was uh, my my buddy I bought a Hyundai Tucson. Thanks to me, thanks to my review, actually, he bought a Hyundai Tucson and he drove it down from Quebec to Florida. So that was the car that we had to drive around, and it was it was okay. It's, it's fair, fair. It's another one of those stupid crossovers, but it's fine.
0: a well, good, good car to blend in though down there. You know, not a terribly yeah. big car and terribly small car, just kind of middle of the road vehicle for that. So, uh, yeah, so. So, uh, if you had to move to one place, would you move to New York or would you move to, uh, you know, Western Florida? I
1: like I like New York a lot. I really like New York. As a Canadian, I love that city. Um, I find it. I find it oddly resembles Montreal, but a lot larger, of course. Yeah. Like if you go to Montreal, you go to New York, you notice there's there's that Eastern, like East Coast kind of like uh, you know Montreal, Boston, New York. They kind of all feel they're all these old cities from Eastern North America, which have a lot more culture to begin with. Um, New York has very culturally diverse, very much like Montreal. People are smart <laughs> when you talk to them. You can have intelligent conversations with them. You can eat in a fancy restaurant, and the food is actually good. Um, and I just I just like the energy and the vibe of New York. And it was great when we – by the way, when we uh, we got to meet you and I uh, at the New York Auto Show, that was a great opportunity for me to meet the people at Jalotik as well. So I met the entire New York team. Um, and, yeah, I, I can talk about that if you'd like. That was a great experience.
0: Well, I, <laughs> first of all, we got to get you out to Chicago and show you, like, real America, like the good part. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you took the bus from Canada to New York. And I'm fasc- I did. <laughs> I'm fascinated by this because, first of all, it, it's a – I know we talked a bit about this while you were there, but it's a Canadian bus. What is it like to be on a Canadian bus?
1: Man, it was a fucking Prevost, man. Prevosts are awesome. Prevosts have uh, electrical outlets. They're built in Drummondville, Quebec. So I was driving down with a, you know, a homegrown, whole-built bus bus maker. Um, you know, it, it was it was a terrible decision, to be honest. <laughs> it was probably the, one of the worst traveling decisions I've taken in my life. Um, it was just, you know, the, the whole story behind the bus ride was that. I wanted to go to the New York Auto Show, and you know, I, I you know, I, I, I told Patrick George about it. Um, he already had his entire team. Again, it's, 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 this is all legit because it has to do with budget reasons. Uh, he had the New York team already covering the show, so he didn't need. I mean, there's no point in calling your your Canadian contributor to cover the auto show where my entire your entire team is. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't have you can justify any kind of budget to, to, to fly me down or anything. But, all right. I'll, fair enough, but I still want to go down. I figured it was very important to meet the team. Um, I, I'm somebody who I like to know who I'm working with. I like to meet the people in person, um, you know, and, and I already had a good good impression um, with everybody working there, and I just wanted to meet them. So I, I, I paid the trip. I said, look, I'm going to pay, and what's the cheapest way to go down is a bus ride. Uh, but it was long, and the way back at least was direct. It was actually pretty quick. I slept the entire way, but... Um, Next time I'll I'll fly or drive down for sure.
0: (laughs) So I'm curious, so like was it just kind of meandering that made it such a bad decision, or was it the fact that you were on a bus with other people who take the bus?
1: Well a bit a bit of both. Actually the reason why it was a bad decision is that no, this was my first big auto show outside of Canada and I I didn't I had I had experienced this in Toronto already but I really realized that when I arrived in New York that there's a whole bunch of parties going on ahead of time a whole bunch of invitations for the press and the media and car makers more and more what they're doing now is they're they're launching the product a few days before the show we yeah. saw this with, with the Dodge demon and so there was there was the Acura there was the Acura TS uh, TLX coming out the new one with the new facelift model and I find out at the last minute my, my friends here at the local outlets, at the car guy they're like, hey, you, you come to the Acura TLX launch? And I'm like, when is it? It's, oh, it's just before the show. It's like at 6 p.m. in the evening. And I'm, I'm like, I look at my bus ticket, and the bus arrives at like 6, takes off like at 7 in the morning in Montreal and arrives at 6. It's like, it's like a 13-hour drive. I'm like, fuck. So that's when I realized if I would have flown down, if I would have driven down, I could have, you know... Uh, you know, better use my time. I still made it to the Acura thing, but I arrived there like a sweaty Canadian just <laughs> running through the streets with my backpack on. And hi, oh, yeah, it was just a last minute kind of uh, like accreditation for for media access, but but overall it was great. I mean, I still managed to go everywhere I wanted to go. But yeah, next time, you know, learning from that experience, I would fly down or drive down to the New York Auto Show.
0: I got you. Was there any like? Super nosy people on the bus asking you what you were doing and why you were going down there—anything like that?
1: No, not at all. Uh, just an abnormally long wait at the border because we had a lot of we had a lot of black people on the bus, and that seemed to bother a lot of border patrol people. But apart from that, everything was fine.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, welcome to America. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's fucked up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Canada, it's basically our hat. Like, come on, now, it's almost the exact same place. You know, they just yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, we're fucking wearing, we're wearing. Well, you guys are wearing us, but we're wearing you these days, man. We're watching you from a distance, and like, holy shit, man, are they gonna press the big red button or something? What's gonna happen?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, anyway. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Like, it's just head down, pay attention to cars, like that's what we're doing. That's there you go, yeah, there just, you go. just do that. So. I don't know. So we, we met at the auto show. I had a wonderful time with you. And then great. Uh, yeah. you got to meet a couple of the other guys. Uh, you you worked with very briefly with Right Foot Down. And then it was off to uh, meet with the Jalopnik guys, huh?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, so first um, first I met uh, just with Patrick George. And he was with, um, oh, man, oh, I just forgot his name. Oh, my God, uh, J- J- JF Musial from uh, The Drive. And a uh, great guy, really, really awesome. It's funny because... Uh, JF Musial. I didn't know who he, I knew he was, but I was so happy to meet Patrick in person that I, I didn't really realize who he was with until after. And I was like, "Holy shit, that guy's like I, I, I love his work. I've actually seen his videos on YouTube, and he he, he works you know with uh, he worked he worked with the whole team on, on the original Drive Team, Mike Spinelli and Chris Harris and Matt Farah. But uh, meeting Patrick George and meeting everybody at Jalovnik, and I have to say this, and I hope they're listening. Um, everybody who works there is as awesome as what they write, as they're writing. By awesome, I mean it's actually more than awesome. They're, they're great human beings. They're great people. And I say this because you know the more I'm, 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 I'm digging deeper in this profession and I'm, I'm going to events and I'm meeting people and I'm seeing other journalists. There are so many fucking snobs, so many people that are pretentious, that are pretending to be something they aren't. And they're working for these piece of shit outlets that aren't even important, that don't matter. And here you have Jalopnik, which is currently, I don't know if you knew, but the most visited automotive website online right now. I think they beat a record. I know Patrick George tweeted something about that in April, 10.1 million views. And it's a big outlet. They're fucking kicking ass. They're doing, putting out awesome content. And the people behind it are very down-to-earth, humble human beings. And it just I mean, I had, I had supper with the entire New York team. I was with Patrick... Raf Orlov, um, Matt Hardigray, um, Mike Balaban, and Aaron Marquis, their new uh, managing editor. And they were just great people to hang out with. There was, there was no pretension. It was fun. And I, mean, I was just sitting in front of Raf Orlov, and he's one of my personal idols on Jalopnik. He's as great in person as he is in writing. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm very proud to work for that team. I'm very happy to be counted among them, um, to have my name on the masthead. To represent that nameplate. I mean, um, when I I, I, I spoke to Patrick that I wanted to do uh, more of this, he he helped me out tremendously by communicating, giving me uh, contacts in the industry, and, and and giving me as an advice to spread out my work and you know work for other outlets. But I'm not sure I want that. I want to be. I want to represent Joe Opnik. That's the outlet I want to represent. That or my own outlet, which is Claybees Corner, which is by the way gaining great traction up here. So, yeah, that's what I have
0: to say about the folks at Jaloptic. Great mm-hmm. people. You know, the, the one thing I noticed, I didn't want to bother them when I saw them, but you go to the press press pit, and Jaloptic was kind of over in the corner, and yeah. they seemed to be the only people there who were being professional but also enjoying themselves. There was a bunch of drunk yeah. slobs walking around, you know, just smoozing it up, up on the floor. But down in the press pit, they were – they seemed professional, but they seemed happy to be there. Everyone else had this air and pretension, you know, of being something or not, like you said. And I, I really enjoyed that. Now there was other people there, you know, Alex Roy, some other people. I didn't, you know, Mister Regular. I ran into. Actually, I actually didn't see Alex this year. I'm very disappointed.
1: Oh, man, by the way, Mister Regular, I can't believe I missed him. He was he was hanging out with uh, with Mickey, Mickey, uh, mm-hmm. with uh with a. Uh, I call him Mickey, but it's Michael James Thompson, right?
0: I think so. So, On
1: on his video, on his video of the auto show, he was with them, and I missed Mr. Regular. Like, he he probably, like, walked right behind me. Like, I so wanted to meet that guy in person. I missed him. So, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I hung out with him for a bit, and then he went off to an after party. I wanted to be like, can I tag along? But no. (laughs) Yeah. Is I, th- I think he ran into Alex Roy, and I think Alex Roy invited him off to some, because I, I feel very disappointed, because everyone I get on the show, I say, I'll buy you a drink if we're ever in the same place at the same time, but that tends to be New York, where I meet up with everyone, and if I bought everyone who was on the show a drink in New York, I'd be broke, so...
1: Yeah, you can get expensive, and and the thing is that what I, re- I learned is that everybody during a show like that, everybody's out there doing their own thing, so you say, yeah, we'll meet up and have a drink, but then you said that to, like, 20 people, and you're like, we can only, can only be at one place at one time. So it's like the with, with. And meeting Patrick was actually funny because I was actually at the Honda event. They had just invited me to the actor at TLX, and I was with all the people from the car guide and all the people here in Quebec, and very political, especially here in Quebec, in Canada. It's very, you have to be very polite, and it's all very strict, and I'm not, I'm not a fan of all that shit. But we're, like, in this Asian restaurant and having a good time, and, you know, drinking wine and eating Asian food on, you know, paid by Honda, so Honda Canada. So I can't just get up and leave. I have to show some respect. And then Patrick texts me like, I'm at that place, uh, you know, I'm at that, that, that bar with JF You'll Come join us. I'm like, man, okay, cool. I can give me like five minutes. I, you know, I'll just, I, I just, I just, I just have to like
0: make, it smooth. Have yeah. to make
1: a smooth exit. And Patrick just texts me like, just get up and leave. I'm like, uh, no, man, dude, I'm sorry. But it turned out really well. I mean, and actually timing was great because the Dodge uh, Demon launch was coming up so poor Honda everybody just got up from the table and went to the Dodge Demon launch so I, that was my exit right it was the perfect yeah. opportunity to get up and leave um but then I met also met Kristen Lee and um uh why do I have uh, Michael Zelli at the show Again, and they were working, we were at the Toyota, that weird Toyota concept that came out, that little truck there.
0: Yeah, what the Uh, hell was that? Oh, that was, because weren't we hanging out, and you kind of, I felt bad, because I didn't want to, like, go, like, push myself up near the front. Yeah,
1: you kind of, like, disappeared. We were, like, chilling, and then I moved forward, but I do that in auto shows, by the way. I just, I just walk, I just impose myself. I don't care. I I, I just go up to the front, right by the car. And I'm always the guy you see, like in the cameras. Like, who the fuck is this guy? What the hell is he doing yeah. there? Like, like Forrest Gump does, right?
0: Mm-hmm. This is, this is so, the difference between the Midwest and Canada. Midwest, like, I'll just stay here because I'm not really taking pictures. Canada, I just, I'm just gonna go up to the front. Sorry, everyone. Like,
1: <laughs> So that's when I saw Mike Roselli and Kristen Lee. I was like, hey, what's up? So, and it's, it, it really, it was very heartwarming to see all these people that I, I have a lot of respect for their work. They do great work, and them telling me. I'm a fan of your work. It's like, wow, it feels great. And it really is. uh, I'm happy. I mean, I'm happy to see that there are people out there that are enjoying what I do and, you know, it motivates me to do more. So,
0: yeah. And again, I love what you do. I love reading your stuff. I think it really couldn't have happened to a better person to, you know, be able to quit their day job, focus on automotive journalism full time because you do such a good job. And you, what you write is so compelling. And, you know, i wish you the best of luck and i I'm, thank you. i'm curious about uh what you've driven since we've last talked that has been your favorite thing that you've driven in that time
1: oh man i've driven a lot of stuff ever since uh, the thing is that now we're running two press cars a week sometimes three and that's also a reason why I one more time so I actually drive the fucking thing <laughs> um what uh, since we spoke are you talking about uh, all the cars i reviewed what i really love um, right now, off the top of my head, my mind, Volvo Polestar, um, that V60 Polestar has. You know, it was. I don't know. It, it's something about that car. That I really like that blue. was the way, the way it's so different and so odd and like expensive for no reason. And it's a <laughs> wagon. And the Volvo is that that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been into a lot of uh, sport compacts lately. I've had a chance to drive Golf GTI, Golf R, Hyundai Elantra Sport, which was impressive. Uh, Jetta GLI, Focus ST. I have to say that the Golf GTI remains one of my favorite cars out there, mm-hmm. in terms of like like pocket rockets. Um, uh, I had the Lexus uh, RCF just before going on vacation. That is a tremendously weird, unusual creation that I respect a lot, and the review is coming out very soon on Jalop. They expect that one to come out in a few days.
0: Fascinating, uh, because a lot of people I don't know, like Kind of, I don't know. Like, I don't trust their opinion to that car because they write very generic things. So I'm very curious to see your write up on it because it is such a. I don't know. I've heard mixed things about it, so I don't know. So, but
1: it's uh, the Lexus RCF. Is, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, I was gonna say, so the the Hyundai was it the Hyundai Elantra Sport is the little turbocharged thing they have, right? Like yeah. It's, it's the a Elantra li-
1: with uh, with a turbo engine.
0: Yeah. Do you think, and this is where is, where I'm curious about this. Do you think that the price difference between that and the GTI makes that car worth it?
1: It it does make it worth it. That yeah, because it, it's no GTI. It's far from the GTI, but it's also far from it in terms of price. Yeah. And it's um, the Hyundai Elantra. And you know, I know that people will say, yeah, but Hyundai doesn't have any experience in racing and they don't have <laughs> any pedigree. Blah blah blah. Hyundai is making very very good cars these days and um, you know they're all out talking about their uh, their superstructure platform well you actually feel that shit when you're driving the car that thing feels rock solid man and it and okay the you know the gearbox is you don't feel anything in the shifter and the clutch is light and steering is light and the engine doesn't make any particular cool sounds but for the money you're getting you're getting decent performance it, it is fun to drive and it looks decent. It's a good-looking... I mean, it's a cheap, affordable, and probably quite reliable sport-compact car. So, I, yeah, it, it does give a run. Even like the Ford Fiesta ST and the Focus ST and all those cars, which are better cars, because the Hyundai is so cheap, it really gives them a run for their money. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you think that's the... Because I was talking about this with uh, Justin Hughes at the auto show, um, where... The, uh, <laughs> the Hyundai Elantra Sport is like the hidden best value for dollar sports car out there. Like in terms of like it is can, yeah, it is because you, um, yeah.
1: is because you um, until now if you look if, you, if you're looking at how much how much performance you're getting for your dollar yeah until until that car came out it was the Fiesta ST that had it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um. Some would argue maybe the Fiat 500 Abarth, but the Fiesta ST is cheaper and it has more power. Um, and now the Hyundai came out with equivalent power, more affordable, a bit more spacious because it's a compact. It's not a subcompact. Um, it's not a hatchback. Of course, the Fiesta is a hatchback. I think you own a Fiesta ST, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. So you know about that car. A wonderful little car. Mm-hmm. Um, is the Hyundai Elantra Sport more fun than the Fiesta ST? No, but it's damn close and it's cheaper. So, yeah, if you're looking for the cheapest performance car, the cheapest car that will give you a thrill and, and be, like, you know, respectfully quick off the line, like at a drag strip, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. That's the car to buy, man.
0: I think it's a good car to get a budding enthusiast because you could modify it and oh, make yeah. it make it into a much better car. But that's it's it. it's safe and reliable enough that you're not going to care about giving it to a 16-year-old, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, it, it's it's fascinating. So, um, kind of lost where we're going with that. Uh, I wanted to get back to a topic you were bringing up, and I forgot which topic that is because that's how I operate with my ADHD. Oh, so um, so all what the cards. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go on. Go
1: on. Uh, we're talking about cars. You were asking me about which cars I drove since we spoke last time.
0: Yeah. Um, which, which ones? I know you said the V60 R. I know you've done the Volvo V90 in that time. A couple of like classic reviews. Yeah. If you had to live with one for the rest of your life, which one would you want?
1: And the ones that I reviewed. In the ones that I reviewed, or any car at all, I can give you both. Well, um, oh, give,
0: give me both then, because we'll take both.
1: Well, if I were to go to... Okay, I've always said my favorite car in the entire world remains the Ferrari uh, 288 GTO. Yeah. But I have a uh, fascination with a lot of... Uh, these days, I'm, I'm I'm really thinking if I'd have, like, a lot of money, I would I would just, like, buy a whole bunch of cool 90s cars, like a Honda CRX and just keep it in, a, like, a, in a, like, a shed. My personal Civic SIR, it's one of those cool little hatchbacks that I'm rebuilding right now, putting it back in shape. Um, I'm looking at Clevy's Corner right now to see the cars I've driven lately. Mm-hmm. Um was uh, but um, in, in, in the I have I have this thing for that that Integra Type R that I drove, um, but if I were to go buy a brand new car right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: hands down it would be a Mustang GT or Mustang GT with a 5.0 and the manual transmission.
0: So that that's a good good option. I, I'm surprised. I was expecting you to say the Chrysler Pacifica.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pacifica was a great van, though. That was a great van. But no, I would not buy that. Right? Because I'm not, I'm not. As, as, as I say in my review, I'm a cool dad, and I'm not a dad. But if I was a dad, I would be a cool dad, and I would not buy a Pacifica. I buy a crossover, like everybody's doing these
0: days. Uh, I hate that. I, 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 I much prefer for people to. Speaking as someone who owns a crossover, I would much rather have a minivan than a crossover. Uh, oh man,
1: the Pacifica is one hell of a fucking van, man. It is cool as hell. Yeah. It really is. It's really like I never thought I'd say this about that kind of car, but it's it's so like in tune with the times. It really, it's it's the van that was created for a a Gen Y parent like like you and me, who are in their late 20s, early 30s. I don't know how old you are, but, uh, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Mm -hmm. So it it really, really speaks to us as exactly what we like in cars. And at the same time, it speaks to the next generation of kids who are addicted to tablets and, and, you know, Snapchatting and just like always complaining that they're not happy. And even when they're sitting in leather seats that look like, Belonging in a, a Lear jet, they're still
0: not happy with their wife. <laughs> oh. No, I, I want to get one for a review, and I want to I want to get it and have my wife drive it. But Chrysler is very persnickety down here with who they let drive around their cars, for some reason. I'm like, mm, we're not going to let you have it. I'm like, but, but why? I'm like, I guess once you get in their pool, you get access to like everything else in their like press feet, fleet, which.
1: Oh. Yeah, Chrysler, I tell you, FCA. Uh, if you can get your hands on a Hellcat, which I had the chance to drive, yeah, yeah, the Hellcat. By the way, I drove that. I don't know if you saw it on a wet track. That's on Jalopnik. I don't know if you saw that go by.
0: Man, um, that, I I have a bunch of catch up to do because I get so behind on you know getting interviews and guests and everything. You know, yeah. it, it does get harder after a while. Like we're yeah, you yeah know, I totally get it. Totally yeah. get it. <laughs> so we're
1: really like ditching out a lot of stuff also on Jalopnik on a regular basis, but. Yeah, I did a story on a Dodge Charger Hellcat on a wet track. It was not landed by FCA. It was landed by a friend of mine who bought it brand new. He, he literally came out of the dealership and drove to San Air where we were. We were there shooting another car, and he pulled up with this fucking Hellcat. It was brand new, like, like so new. like It was coming right out of Dodge, and he threw me the keys. And he's like, go have fun, and I'm there with my my photographer. We're at the track, but it was raining all day. But it stopped raining. By the time he arrived, he had stopped raining, but the track was still damp and still wet in some areas. But man, he just fucking threw me the keys to the 7 <laughs> the worst part. Hellcat, man. I can't say no. That was one of the scariest experiences in my entire career. But at the same time, once you've driven a Hellcat, you can drive anything, man. Yeah. Drive anything. And after I sent that review to Dodge. I do believe they like me a lot more now. Um, <laughs> I think that's the key. I think you have to drive a Hellcat. Find a way to get a Hellcat and do a kick-ass review on it, and I think FCA is going to like you after.
0: Yeah, it could be all the bad-mouthing I did about their Challenger when I had the one that went to the shop 26 times. Um, that's possible. That yeah. No, yeah. and then bitching at him about it. But um, phew, lost my train of thought. No, yeah, the Dodge, I don't know, the Hellcat, I mean what do you, what do you think about this? So you have a, vehicle, a re- you have a vehicle that's based on what an E-Type from like the late 90s and you <laughs> shove 840 horsepower into it in the form of a demon and then say look how smart we are we can put 840 horsepower into a car basically designed in the 1990s like last millennia. Like I I don't know, I have my personal opinions about that. Obviously not too pleasant about it, but I think there's like this great american like it's almost like the like donald trump of cars like why do we have this thing because it's loud and it's brash and it's in your face and yeah it's a little old-fashioned but go fuck yourself so
1: well yeah that's it's a fascinating product it is i i consider these these um these fast dodge as being excellent american marketing and nothing more um and it's um In a time where we're going to green cars, electric cars, hybrid, everybody's trying to do their best. I mean, at the New York Auto Show, Honda had the Clarity Program. And here we have Dodge (laughs) dishing out this big, fat fucking demon. And you know who got the most attention at New York? It was fucking Dodge, man. They're the ones who attracted the most attention because it's cool. Everybody finds that car fucking cool. But the reality is I was driving that Hellcat and it's completely useless, man. You can't do shit with that car. I mean, even on a track, it is completely useless. You can't use the power. Mm-hmm. It's really just to say, I have 700 goddamn horsepower. I'm going to smoke you on the quarter mile. But for the rest of the time, we're going to have this big fucking overpriced charger. I'll be driving it, you know, like in eco mode and, you know, just expecting the speed limit and carrying my kids in the back and go do groceries. And, oh, my brakes are due, it's going to cost me twice the price because i got fucking giant Brembo's to change. Um it it's completely useless, right? Yeah. Uh, it does not handle all that well. But I I'll, I'll tell you one thing when you pour that that fucking throttle in a Hellcat, it is not, nothing compares the acceleration to a Hellcat. Mm-hmm. It is scary, it is brutal. It's uh it it just it tells you that it's the boss and it it it, it demands respect. So in the, in that sense I respect the car for that. Because mm-hmm. it scared the shit out of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, the, there, is, there is something about driving around a Dodge Challenger with a ton of horsepower that will put a smile on your face. I don't think you get from any other car in any other way. It's like, it's a smile of, like, I can't believe I just did that and survived. Now, a lot of people put that car in the ditch, and they don't get that experience, but, you know, the, those... <laughs>
1: thing that's exactly what i thought when i got behind the wheel after driving that car i was like fuck there are people like teenagers people who who are buying these things that's a dangerous car man that 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 thing will kill people it probably has already and that's the kind of feeling you have behind the wheel of that car whereas a subaru brz for example which has only 200 horsepower uh will put the same smile on your face And, you know, it doesn't need to have 700 horsepower. That's an intelligent car right there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, the BRZs, you know, and even the Fiesta STs to a certain extent is like, oh, this is all the car you'll ever need. This is all the car, you know, you ever would want, blah, blah, blah. But they're almost too much of a critic's darling where, like, we get the, we're the enthusiast and we kind of understand it. But on the flip side of that, it's like, no one in the real world is going to want this car because it is so geared to uh, appealing to the critics that it misses. You know, it's not a uh, hangover oh, film. It's you know a you know uh,
1: the BRZ. The BRZ, if you if you if you uh, review it like like any, like a real automotive journalist, it's a very very bad car in the sense that it's uh it's uncom- it's not that comfortable. It's flimsy built. It's you know the materials are cheap. Uh, that Subaru engine has like an like a it sounds like it's broken all the time when it's running on idle. Um there's no room in the back. It's there's everything about the car is flawed, but it it you just all you want to do is drive it and that's really its only purpose is to drive it. And in that sense that's why it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because it's simple, cheap, affordable, e- like easy to fix uh, sports car.
0: Yeah. I know I still argue a Eco Boost Mustang makes more sense. Uh,
1: EcoBoost Mustang? Well, yeah, I've, I've heard it makes more sense. You're right, but <laughs> I don't know. I just love that 5.0. I'm yeah. still hanging on to the path, yeah.
0: no, I guess. No, I think if you can afford. See, this is my problem. This is why I don't own a Mustang and why I own a Fiesta ST. Because the Fiesta ST was on the lot next to Eco EcoBoost Mustang. And everything about the EcoBoost Mustang made more sense because I wanted a rear wheel drive car, I wanted a manual. I wanted something, you know, economical and fun to drive. And the EcoBoost Mustang is all those things. But I just couldn't bring myself to get the EcoBoost Mustang because it's not a 5.0 Mustang. Like, if you're going to get a Mustang, get the 5.0. Like, that was my big issue with it. Like, the only problem an EcoBoost Mustang has is that the 5.0 Mustang is a thing. Like, There you go. Yeah. I don't know. So, um I don't want to keep you up too late. I know we got a bit of a late start getting into this. Uh, you know, I apologize for that. Uh, toddler no running around, <laughs> so uh, we'll kind of you know begin wrapping up here. So you know, this is yep. where I typically ask all the stupid questions about you know, uh, what would you eat in a car and blah 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 like that. So um, I don't know. Have you eaten anything terribly difficult in a car since last we spoke?
1: Eaten something terribly difficult in a car last time we spoke. I have eaten. What have I eat. That was really hard
0: to
1: eat in the car. Mm-hmm. I, I I except for a subway. <laughs> no, subway is awful to eat in the car. Yeah,
0: well, subway's just awful to eat all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. Um, I, I'll tell a brief anecdote. Um, I've experienced the worst thing to have a uh, leak in a car. So i went out the other week and because i'm a busy parent i bought my daughter a happy meal but because i didn't want her to have a bad drink with it i got her milk um, but i never gave her the milk so it kind of was just rolling around on my passenger seat today it wasn't even particularly hot but for some reason it decided to leak all over the passenger seat of my car um that is the worst smell on the planet oh my god that's disgusting man yeah so i i have like soured milk like on my passenger seat and I don't know what to do to get rid of it. So this is going to be an interesting experiment. I might actually make a video about this because it's, I don't know how exactly to clean up this damn smell. So this is going to be fascinating. So, um yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, well it, I, it's, it's such a pleasure to talk with you every time. We got to get you on the show more often because you're always a delight. You always got such a good attitude and I love what you're right. Oh, thanks, man. So, um, and we got to get you out to Chicago to get you some real American food, like some good deep dish pizza, some good hot dogs. We'll, we'll, we'll get you out well, there one day. So
1: I'm going to be in Nashville this weekend. Does Nashville have anything good or?
0: Uh, they do. Nashville does good barbecue. Um, I think is what they're really known for. So, uh, yeah,
1: they're, they're kicking ass in hockey right now. They got a, they got a couple of They got PK band. They fucking stole them from us, but <laughs> God, I mean. Yeah, we've got a couple of Canadian players playing in Nashville, and they're they're, they're fighting it off against Pittsburgh for the the Stanley Cup. So, I'm yeah. hoping that I can maybe catch a glimpse of the hockey game.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm rooting for uh, Nashville, too. So, just because...
1: Fuck, yeah. Just because people we are just tired of seeing Pittsburgh win all the time.
0: Yeah, well, I'm tired of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh people annoy me. Everyone I know who's from Pittsburgh, with the exception of, like, two people, just annoy the ever-living crap out of me. And, really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's because, like, we gonna have we football, we went into hockey. It's like, <sighs> I hate you guys. Now, I can't say much because I don't even like hockey, but just fuck. Not, not fuck Pittsburgh, but fuck Pittsburgh just a little bit. Sorry, everyone who oh, listens okay. in Pittsburgh, because I know we actually have quite a big listenership there. I'm sorry. I, I don't really mean it, but I kind of mean it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're probably going to prove me wrong by winning the Stanley Cup anyway. So, yeah, I was going to ask, is that why you're going down there just for the. Uh, for the no,
1: I'm going there for a General Motors' uh, drive. It's the first drive of the uh, Chevy Equinox, uh two-liter turbo, another crossover. But uh, looking forward oh, to it. Oh, oh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, I know. Yeah, it's nothing exciting, but I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually curious to drive it because, uh, you know, I've been driving the, you know, the Honda CRV is killing everyone these days. So I'm curious to see what General Motors did to the uh, the Equinox. The, I didn't try the V6-powered Equinox yet, so. And, and it's also my first uh, my first drive outside of Canada. Um, it's yeah. actually an Ameri- it's actually an American event, and they're inviting a few uh, Canadian journalists. So I'm finding, I mean, I'm not going to say no. It's a great opportunity to, to like, yeah. meet people and, and just yeah, go for a drive in an SUV, man. <laughs> so. and,
0: and Nashville got is some good driving roads around there, so I'm sure it'll be fun. So
1: that's what I hear. Yeah, we get mm-hmm. a cool uh, a cool setup going on over there. And uh, for the record, back to that Honda CRV, I don't know if you knew, but it is currently one of the reviews on Jalopnik that has generated the largest amount of views. I think it's like at 145,000 views. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of proud of that one. Also, that I don't know if you catch the glimpse of that Aston Martin buying experience that I did.
0: No, I did not. I, I don't know how I missed that because the other stuff is on my like, reading list for one reason or another. I don't know how I missed this Aston Martin buying experience.
1: Yeah, that was uh, back in the winter. It was actually really a lot of fun because uh, I actually explained what it's like to buy a car when you're loaded, when you're rich.
0: Oh, but, I did see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: so that that one picked up a lot and I'm actually planning, that's actually, well, you know, I, I guess I can share it here on the show. Uh, expect to see something like a part two of that with the people at the mm. carry Motors. Uh, what I can tell you it will involve an Aston Martin DB11, and Poutine. (laughs) So, yeah, so this is good. We're looking forward to that. We've been setting it up uh, for a while with Andrew Collins and Patrick George and the people at the Carry Motors. Um, You know, we're hoping that it will happen the way we want to. Uh, I can't guarantee anything yet, but they're, you know, I know that they told me they received some press cards this week, um, and there's supposed to be one in there for me. So So stay tuned.
0: Aston Martin and Poutine just sounds like a match made in heaven in my mind. So
1: Oh, yeah, man. Uh, th- this is gonna be—if this works the way I want to, it's gonna be one epic fucking story.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, I can't wait to hear that. So, um, we're gonna wrap up here. But uh, what is your prediction for who's gonna win uh, this week in Formula One? So that way we have it locked in, and we can make fun of you and me for getting it wrong.
1: Oh my God! Do not ask me this because I don't—I haven't been following that much. I think I, if, am I am I wrong when I say uh, Sebastian Vettel won? Uh, Vettel won uh, Monaco.
0: I actually don't know who won Monaco, but I can look it up in just a second. Actually, I don't don't think he won. Uh, Yeah, I don't know who won actually. (laughs) Who won Monaco? I'm in front of my
1: computer right now. Monaco Grand Prix 2017. Uh, Let me check. Because you know we've got Lance Stroll, which is our Canadian driver, but yeah, it's it's Sebastian Vettel. That's what I thought. Uh, Sebastian Vettel wins Monaco Grand Prix and I think he's, yeah, Lewis Hamilton came second
0: So who yeah. who won? Did you, you
1: see sure. Yeah, Yeah, Sebastian Vettel won uh, in Monaco Yeah, so I still think, I mean, Lewis Hamilton has been winning a lot in Montreal for the past few years. <clears throat> it seems to be his track. I am going to vote for Lewis Hamilton this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, Montreal, I don't know if you follow if you if you've read in the past, but it's a very uh, a lot of surprises, a lot of action happens in Montreal. It's always so unexpected who wins. Mm-hmm. We've had like really, really cool shit happening in the last years.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Botas or Botas. Botas. Right? Botas yeah. yeah. That, that's who I'm going. I'm going Botas, Hamilton, Vettel in that order.
1: That would be that would be that would kick ass actually to have Botas. Yeah, looking forward for the race this weekend. It's gonna be
0: fun. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, on that note, I will say, uh, just hold on. We'll say goodbye to you off air, Will, and everyone who's listening. Oh, Will, give all the all the plugs out. I'm sorry. Where should people uh, go no, to follow no. you and talk to you and, you know, read your stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, so pretty much, yeah, that's also one thing I wanted to share. Um, you can find my stuff on my own website, claviescorner.com. Um, so, you know, mostly car reviews, but we're having new sections coming up in the following weeks. We're <laughs> going to expand the website. You can also find my work on Jalopnik. I'm the Canadian contributor, so um, you'll, you'll see me there. And I will be appearing on a mysterious new outlet soon. I'm not going to share what it is now, but you will see me in another outlet. Maybe we can talk about it on, a, on another show.
0: Excellent. That's well, it. All right. Well, and if they want to follow you on the social media, what are the social media links?
1: Uh, they can find me on Facebook, uh Klavis Corner, there's always Twitter, ClayBee's Corner as well. They can follow me and our Instagram uh, page, which we have kick-ass photos on Instagram taken by the talented mile
0: appearance. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to you off air, Will, and everyone listening, I will be right back as soon as I figure out how to pause the recording. And everyone, thanks again so much for listening. If you like what you hear, tell a friend, tell a tell a coworker. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, not SoundCloud. I'm sorry, Stitcher. Um, you can follow me on iTunes. You can follow our West Coast correspondent Ryan West at, at Ryanader122. Um, tell a friend because it's the best way for us to grow. Go visit uh, Track Monkey Apparel and Right Foot Down. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. Have a good evening, wherever you are, whatever time it is there. Thank you so much for listening. Please be safe out there.